Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Genesis Invitational. And joining me to break it all down, the coach is here. Coach, welcome back. You've paid off your wine bet quickly. That is much appreciated around these parts. Good to see you. There was no way I was coming on the air today (laughs) without that bottle of wine being in Mark's hand by the time that we came on the air. So I'm good. I'm good. That's actually the reason Greg is in here. (laughs) <laughs> right he we've, we've banished him <laughs> yeah he's he's gone uh speaking of mark that's mark immelman who is bundled up mark are you in an igloo where exactly are you coming in from I, here you know what some of us have to work for a living we don't get to podcast the entire <laughs> and, and, and i was out giving golf lessons and working with my columbus state golf team in the afternoon and you know that storm that rumbled through Carl's and Negative Woods? Well, it, it didn't storm as badly, yeah, but it is frigid out, and we had a lot of rain. And so I'm just cold still, to be honest with you. I've taken the scarf off, <laughs> but I'm still chilly. And that right there is Kyle Porter, KP. Uh, I was just going to assume you guys were without power. It seems like Texas is getting smacked in the face right now. How you doing? I'm good. We actually do have power, but a lot of our friends and neighbors have not. So we've been kind of having people in and out. Uh, I woke up this morning and it was uh, Ricky Fowler's major career major total degrees outside. Uh, and then it rose <laughs> oh, to God. zero. zero? <laughs> it rose to uh, it rose to Jordan Spieth's career major total by like oh, 9 a.m. So it was it's been chilly. We're up to I think we're about up to uh, Nicholas. Yeah, we're at 18 degrees. So well, well, for me, it was a good nine hole score. That's that's kind of what the temperature was for us. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Awesome. We're going to jump into everything. Storylines, best bets, one and done for this week's Genesis Invitational. But I've got free stuff to give away and we're giving away subscriptions uh, for a year to Sportsline. It's the award-winning picks. It's the patented Sportsline model, and it's easy to enter. All you have to do is leave a five-star review in Apple Podcasts on the first cut. Tell us a player that you think is going to finish inside the top 10 this week and leave us your Twitter handle so that we can get in touch with you. The caveat as well, make sure you follow us on Twitter so we can send you those DMs when you win. Coach Sportsline continues to uh, rack up winners, don't they? Well, I'll tell you what, right now, it doesn't matter where it is, whether it's the first cut or the early edge. We're also starting extra episodes of the early edge. In fact, we did one with Tom Fernelli with just Champions League action. And, of course, he hits a plus 320 hit with PHG this afternoon. It pays to be a Sportsline member. It really, really does. Uh, and if you win the contest, you don't even have to pay for it yourself. You get it for free, which is always it, nice. You're damn right. It is the, the best price tag. Uh, storylines, gentlemen. This is a star-studded event. The lo- the lights shine bright on Hollywood. Only two players outside the the top ten in the official World Golf rankings are going to be absent this week. That's Webb Simpson. It's Terrell Hatton. Tiger's not going to be here. He is. Well, I guess he's actually. I don't know if he's actually on site. Yeah, he's. Is he going to he be is. there? And he's, he is. Okay. Yeah. And he's and he's hosting, uh, and then Daniel Berger withdrew on Monday to continue to vibe after his victory. Mark, <laughs> you're going. Mark, you'll be on site, right? So you are going to be know. rocking and rolling with no, no, no. I've oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were heading out. I've got the week off. You're going to hear the uh, other Immelman on, on the golf course there with Daddy on the weekend. So, no, I'm back home. That, that's why I'm as bundled up as what I am. I was wondering if you were making yeah, the quick trip back. I didn't know what was going on. Now it makes a lot more sense. But this is, uh, I mean, absolutely stacked field, Mark. We get John Ron. We get Dustin Johnson. Um, we get Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, and, and, and no shortage of storylines that we're going to jump into. But this is one of the strongest fields we've seen in, in quite some time. Yeah, and um, just like you guys. I'm excited to sit on my couch on Saturday and Sunday and watch a little on television and just watch the whole thing unfold because there's so much to love about this tournament and the field aside, 
I think it's the perfect canvas for these guys to show off their skills because Riviera asks every question. It poses the complete examination of a golfer's skill, technique, and, and then mindset. And, and you've got to drive it well around there. You've got to move the ball in both directions. Um, you've got to be strong to play out of that Kikuyu rough. Uh, and then you've got to have an element of imagination to you because of the greens, the way they tilt, and the influence of that big, um, you know, the the huge valley that this golf course plays down and through. So, so it's the ultimate test. Um, I remember the first time I went to Riviera. Mm. I, it was one of those spots where you've imagined what it was like for all of those years. And when I got on the grounds and I didn't go through the clubhouse, you know, we go through the, the workers entrance by the television compound there. And, <laughs> and I just walked out there and you look up to your right hand side and you see that iconic clubhouse and the first mm-hmm. tee. And then you see the first hole and then the driving range right in the middle of the premises, which is kind of crazy with those big, uh, big fences down either side. And then just walking along those holes down through the valley over there was incredible. And obviously I <coughs> strolled down to number six, the par three with the, uh, the bunker right in the middle of the green. And I was like, wow, this is yeah. legit. This, it sort of lived up to all my expectations. So ever since then, it's been one of my favorites. If you ever get a chance to to step foot at Riviera, it is. I mean, eighteen's got the natural amphitheater. Six has the the bunker in the middle. Ten is phenomenal. The putting greens. That's my favorite part, Mark. I mean, you you are watching these guys putt. You're three inches away from them on the putting green. It's unbelievable. Well, and, and if you do manage to somehow get in the clubhouse, I mean, it is riddled with history and all the pictures of Hogan and Sneed and Nicholas, and uh, it's just a who's who inside there. And then, of course. All the Hollywood glitter right here and the picture of Jonathan Coachman on the wall over there. And, <laughs> so, so no, I mean, and, and for me too, you know, to just go and a lot of folks say this, but like Pebble Beach last week, and I'm fortunate to be able to walk along fairways where legends have played, you know, and, and to go to Hogan's Alley. I mean, with me being the golf swing junkie that I am, it's it's a special spot. Uh, it certainly is. And the biggest of all studs, uh, Dustin Johnson, is going to be making his first appearance since winning in Saudi Arabia, KP. And this guy, I, I mean, you've been you've been kind of trying to put into perspective a little bit of, of how good he's been. Just how good has Dustin Johnson been? It's kind of hard to, to wrap our brains around. But here we go again. He enters as the favorite. He's five and a half to one, thanks to our friends over at William Hill. And this is a place that he's had plenty of success at yeah since i think it's since august one he's had seven top fives which is just it's insane and and if you look over the last i've got to pull up right now the last three months he's almost three and a half strokes gained around and the next best guy in the field is Cantlay at like two and a half so he's been i mean it's just you know and I think what's interesting is we we think about all these guys that are playing great right now, Rom, Rory, JT, all these guys that are <clears throat> really thriving, maybe not um, in the micro sense, but in the macro sense. Like Rom is like right in the middle of what's going to be his best golf over the course of his career, I think. And DJ still just just toasting everybody. And I think I think in that sense, we sort of group them all together. DJ's just better, or just way better. And, and that doesn't mean that he's going to go down as as the better player all time than Rom or Rory or any of those guys. But right now, if you kind of pull back the parameters, you know, the last six months or 12 months or whatever, I, I just, I almost feel like we underrate the run that he's on. And the real, honestly, the run he's been on since what, 16, 15, where he just rips off three a year, four, four wins a year. Like it's nothing. And it makes you wonder, could he get to like five or six a year? He's already got one this year, you know, in Saudi Arabia. So uh, I'm I'm super interested by his season because it's just always so easy to envision him uh, winning, you know, three, four, five, six times in a year. I think easy is a really good word, coach. I mean, Dustin Johnson makes everything look easy there's never a time where i'm like oh like is is this round this bad round is that going to impact dj nope we saw him go what 80 80 78 and then you know before a win bookends that with two wins i I mean he's unbelievable he he sees the ball he hits the ball he doesn't overthink it and he just makes golf look easy when i was in college i played college basketball and i i had a really great career but i had to work really really hard to be really good and it used to drive me insane to play against the great athletes that 
made the game look so easy. They come down and just rock the rim, and I would have to have a breakaway in order to dunk. And that's how I compare DJ to these guys, that behind closed doors, they've got to be incredibly frustrated because they're all working incredibly hard. They're all putting in the time and the hours, and they're being successful when he's not around. But if he comes into a tournament, you got to believe they're sitting in the clubhouse going, damn, what are we going to have to do? How good am I going to have to play? Because when he was in Saudi Arabia, most people didn't even watch the tournament because it was at you know 1 a.m. But he played as bad as I've ever seen him. Well, he putted as bad as I've ever seen him putt. It was atrocious. Career. Atrocious is a great word. But yet he still beat everybody there. And most of the studs from the PGA Tour were also there playing. So I think that shows how good Vegas thinks he is because they think he's two and a half times better, according to the odds, than anybody else. It's crazy. If you put money on Dustin Johnson this week, you may be the dumbest golf better, despite <laughs> all, all the things he's done the last six months, because there's just no value there. At plus 550, that is insane in the world of golf betting when there's 120 guys in the field. But that shows how good he has been. It's a and tiger just, number. I'm just busy yeah. changing my betting card after a coach's observation. <laughs> 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 yeah, if you want, if you really want to look at uh, the 2008 season for Tiger, his betting odds, it was he would be like plus 110. It was basically him versus the field. Really? It was absolutely. Yeah, it I, is I, crazy. I tweeted it out a couple of days wow. ago. I have to go back and check it. Yeah, it, it, his, tw his 2008, which is when he I had reliable like data for it. And he won, yeah. won like yeah. half his starts in right. or more in 2008 because he only played like nine times or whatever. That's right. That's right. And uh, apparently wow. there is at least one dumb better coach because uh, the biggest bet that William Hill has right now is a thousand dollar bet on Dustin Johnson to win that pays out sixty five hundred. So there's at least one person who plunked down one thousand dollars. That's as of right now, as we record, the biggest bet they've taken on. Well, on at least the there's a lot of well, there's a lot of smart people out there because that's really relatively speaking, that's not a big bet. You know, that's not considered a big bet. So if that's right. the biggest bet they've taken, then at least people are, are listening to the smart people like us on these shows <laughs> because they're not laying down the money. Maybe they will tomorrow, but here, here's the crazy part is that you could wait till Saturday night, and if he's got a one-shot lead or tied, you could probably still get plus 150 or two even on Saturday. So why would you bet it on Tuesday? You wouldn't. Uh, I, I completely agree. You're not going to get an argument from me on that. I, I can't touch that number, but it's very likely he wins this golf tournament. Uh, maybe not as likely for Rory McIlroy to win this golf tournament. Hasn't hoisted a trophy since 2019, but he has been elected chairman of the player advisory council. What this means, Marcus, he's going to serve a one-year term and then he's going to become a player director of the tour policy board for three years. Uh, to me, I don't really know what that means. I'm just assuming it has, he's kind of like, you know, we don't have a union in, in golf, right? Like other sports do. And there's union reps in the NBA and the NFL. It just feels like Rory, who has already been the voice of kind of a lot of his players and a lot of his peers now kind of in a more official role in that. Yeah, and this happened after that rules kerfuffle down there in Torrey Pines. Can you believe it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, look, Rory is 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 exactly what you think he is. He's an upstanding guy. He's a thoughtful guy. Um, he's not afraid to speak his mind, which which in this sort of role, you, you're representative of basically folks that are elected because of who they are and what their standing is in the game and and how they respect the game of golf and certainly the and how they will advocate for their fellow members on the PGA Tour. So it's a role that's been occupied by sort of the who's who of the game, the Davis loves, the, those sorts of guys. So um, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. Um, you know, he's still very young for this role, but but uh, he had been inv involved on the players' um, committee anyway. So, so, so it makes a lot of sense, and he's, he's deserving of the role. You know? He really is. Certainly over the last, uh, I don't know, KP, I feel like you track this a little bit better than than the rest of us. Over the last couple of years, Rory, to me, has gotten a lot more outspoken. He has gotten a lot more transparent. He's gotten a lot more candid, whether it is on the course issues, whether it is off, off the course issues. It, Rory just seems to be the guy that everyone kind of defers to, or at least that's the way that I see it from the outside looking in. Yeah, I've been giving him some reading material for our book club that he's been kind of, you know, studying <laughs> up on. Um, I kind of, kind of yeah. believe that <laughs> this was this was 
this is just making official what was already unofficial, which is that Rory is kind of running. I mean, think about think back to the Players Championship last year when he was this voice that it was like, oh, I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> like, which in a in a player run organization, whether you agree with that the way things are structured or not, like that's a very loud voice, whoever that leader is. And and I think what's super interesting is he's got a lot of um, I, this is probably the wrong terminology, but I'll use it anyway. He's got a lot of conflicting interests here in terms of, I mean, think about his role on the European uh, Ryder Cup team. That's a that's a European tour run deal. Mm. And so there, there's just, he he's, he's like sort of got uh, like his presence everywhere, which is fine. Like, I don't, I don't think, I think more Rory is almost always a good thing, but it's just something to think about as you kind of hear him talk about different issues that might come up. Now, maybe that means that maybe, maybe this simply means that the European term PGA tour are going to kind of be melded more closely together. Like we saw at the end of uh, 2020 with that announcement, this coalition or whatever the, alliance whatever whatever the thing was right uh, but i i am interested to see sort of how that goes but in terms of like cachet and you know weight like like to throw your weight around like i i don't i don't know that there's somebody that players defer to more than than rory i mean think about what he did at port rush when remember when he missed a cut there and then he like breaks down and i remember jt said something about like this is like this guy's the man you know, and that's JT. He's like the number three player in the world. And and, it, and so I think that he has, I think he has respect from everybody because he's respected everybody. And I think that's a big deal. The, the, the point about having a, uh, as you put it, and I don't know a better way to put it, KP, like a lot of, a lot of conflicts, that might be a good thing, coach, right? I, I'd almost prefer that a guy who kind of has his, his ties to Taylor made ties to distance ties to equipment. He's got ties to the European tour. He's got, obviously got ties to the PGA tour, as opposed to having someone who's just a singular, like, ah, eh, let's head in this direction. Cause I think that one thing would help me. Rory kind of has his hands in everything. That might be good for a, a voice of the players. I mean, I think Richie, that's a great point because he can't just go into anything in any scenario and say, this is just good for me. Right. Okay, uh, because it, it's got to be good for because he's going to have people in his ear. He's going to have people chirping. That, that's just the, the nature of the business. But I think what we've seen and, and KP just made an incredibly eloquent point is that no matter what the scenario, good. We've seen a lot of good, bad. We've seen him break down uh, and ugly. And we've seen that, too. And that happened at Tory Pines. And he he very easily made it through that scenario. Right. So there's nothing he can't handle. Uh, and I think we're going to see him really be able to. Uh, bring a laser focus because he is so popular uh, to this role. And I think also because of the European ties and because of the company ties, you're going to see him do a lot of good things that help everybody, not just the player, but the companies, but the tour, but the European tour. I think it's a, it's a great call. Um, and he's one of those few guys that I think could have all these irons in the fire and not have it affect what the laser focus of what right should be if that makes sense yeah certainly certainly a great advocate for the game and looking forward to seeing uh what comes next and what comes next for the number six ranked player in the world friend of the pod colin morikawa mark is a new putting grip danny rapaport of golf digest reporting this morning that colin morikawa is going to go with a quote saw putting grip <laughs> I, what is this first we'll start with this mark what is a saw putting grip that's when, if I'm getting this correct, that's when you hold with your lead hand, regular, and the okay. bottom hand is held kind of like fingers across the shaft and you're resting it on there. So it sort of looks like, so like a this. saw when you swing it back. No, no, he's, it's it's more over the front of the club. So that your oh. fingers are going in the same direction as a stroke. Not Sounds like Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, oh, kind of like, yeah, a lot of guys okay. use the method. Um, you know, it was... I, I think... Oh, there you go. Oh! oh. <laughs> producer Jacob, is what? Producer Jacob just what? the best? That's he's what he's gonna do. I gotta change my pick to win if that's what he's gonna do. <laughs> that's yeah, but that's not Morikawa. But anyways, I mean, this no. is the kind of thing you you'll see a number of guys wow. using it. It sort of started as a claw, you know, back in the day. Marco Mira and company used something of derivative of this. So it's everyone just trying to get themselves to a place where they're eliminating as much activity in the right hand and right wrist through the stroke as possible. Because if that right hand gets a bit too electric, 
um, that face tends to point all over the show, and that's when you'll get a little inconsistent. And like last week, um, this golf course is demanding on the greens and making short putts. You will see some misses on, uh, on, on Sunday afternoon. So this is just a way for him to gain a little mojo on the greens because we all know he can hit it. And when he putts well is when he was when when he wins. Well, Mark, you nailed it right on the head because apparently he made this call after discussing it with Mark O'Meara himself. And he oh, has okay. gone. There you go. So he's gone to this saw putting grip. KP, I want to bring you in on this. But is that are, are you good? Is that Rory texting you about the book club? <laughs> good. OK, just make sure. Looking, uh, <laughs> I was looking at this saw grip. It's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. Is this it's what crazy. we want golf to be? It's, I'm look, kidding. I look. I, it, it, if I might, if I might, real fast before you go ahead, Carl. I'm so much more on board than this thing than jamming the thing into your lead forearm. Yet we're not allowed to anchor the putter, and everyone's up in arms about langer and whatever the case might be. But when you st stick the thing against your forearm, now I'm not so happy about that deal. But this, you know, if you want to hold it in different ways, cross hand, you know, fingertips, whatever the case might be, I'm I'm cool with it, and it's helped a lot of folks. Here's where I'm at, Kyle. Uh, he's 190th on tour in strokes gained putting. Uh, there's there's not really much <laughs> more you can go. Side. Yeah, there's only one direction here. <laughs> Try whatever, right? Figure figure something out. Yeah, I, I yeah, I. The, the problem is like he 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 already won a major putting the old. I don't know. I I don't get super worked up about the putting stuff because I think it sort of like comes and goes and. Morikawa was not great because he's a great putter. He's great because he's one of the, you know, as Mark has talked about, one of the three best ball strikers in, in the, or iron players in the world. And so I don't know that it really makes a ton of difference um, for him week to week. But it will be interesting to, you know, kind of follow along. I don't know if it'll be fun to look at. Wait, so Mark, are you are you out on, like, do you think that what Bryson does should not be allowed? I, I don't like that. No, I mean, look, you you, you got to play within the rules. That, that's what people do, and and as a professional, you understand what the rules are, so you can operate within them. And um, but if you're going to tell me that anchoring a, a putter against your chest is not allowed, or your chin, or whatever the case might be, or your belly, surely anchoring it against your forearm is a way of anchoring it. So I I, I don't know because they got after Bryson because he couldn't go side saddle. Uh, a lot of need, you know. So I, I, I always I forget just, about that. Yeah, that's I, the forgotten thing about Bryson. I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just not a fan of the in the left arm thing. I really am not. But a lot of people use it, and and Webb Simpson's fantastic with it. Bryson's great with it. Um, uh, someone's uh, Matt Kuchar. Kuchar does the it. originator of the thing. Um, but but I'm I'm not hot on that so much. But as far as putting grip changes go, honestly, yes, it's. It's happening constantly, whether it's left hand low, whether it's a change in grip size, grip weight. Uh, sometimes the players put weight in the handle to counterbalance the club. So they're always looking for that different feel that's going to stabilize the club face so more. Because like I've always said, I know it's not the most important statistic in the world, according to the first cut podcast. But if you want to win, you've got to putt on a, throughout the week and especially on a Sunday. So two things one i just read uh i just finished brody's book every shot counts and what mark was saying about like putting overall doesn't matter but for guys that win it matters a ton and statistically he kind of bore that out and i thought that was super interesting because mark always talks about that and it's a good point like in weeks you win it you know putting accounts for i think it was like 35 percent of of kind of what you do in a in a winning week two i was going to ask mark uh so phil is the guy that we talk about with the putting stuff a lot. He he's like you know putting right handed, putting on his head, like just all this just nonsense. And I'm curious if because I wasn't covering golf, I've only been covering golf for eight years. Did, was this always a thing with him, or is this a a new like I'm just going to try all these different things? Has, has he been tinkering with his putting throughout his career? Because I look at somebody like that, I'm like, if he tinkers with his putting and he wins 44 times, then. I don't I don't care if anybody else does it, but it, but is that a new thing or is it an old thing? The truth about Phil is when he wasn't winning major championships, he was always good for one or two short misses when it meant something on a Sunday. Mm. You know, he was in contention so much. That's why he had so many runners up. A, run, a runner up finish is unlikely a function of an Aaron T-ball that costs you a double. That's once in a while. It's the function of missing a putt that you should have made. And all the runner-up finishes he had were because he didn't make the putts that meant something. And then 
And, and Phil's always been experimentational. He still is. I mean, he had two drivers out last week in Pebble Beach. And, and he's always looking for that sort of edge because that's how his mind works. He's kind of like Brass in a, in a way, I guess. Um, and then I, I thought it was poetic that eventually when he cracks the major seal eventually, it's with a sliding downhill putt that is hasty down that hill at Augusta National. And he buries that thing just toppling in the side door because the pace was perfect. And so when he made that is when he started to, his, his win at the PGA that came after that, I think it was Bolter's roll. Had a phenomenal up and down from short right of the green. A big pitch shot over a bunker to a few feet made that to win. So when he began, began to putt well, he began to win the biggest stuff. Um, and then when he had that sort of evergreen season a few years ago, he put it unreal. He was like in the top 10 on the tour. And now this year, everyone's talking about the fact that he's hitting sightseeing balls all over the show. He, he is putting horribly. If you look at his numbers, I mean, they are way down there in the rankings as well. So, so, so in the end, to Brody's point and to the point that I sort of make, you, you're not going to exist on the PGA Tour as a journeyman who puts well. You've got to be able to hit it. But if you're a hitter, a McElroy, a Phil, a Dustin, a Justin Thomas, Jordan, these sorts of guys, you, the separator is how you hit your irons, the distance you hit them, hole high, and you've got to make putts. You have to make putts. There's just no ifs, ands, and buts about it. That is, I love it. I absolutely love it. And Marco's a professional segue to Jordan Spieth. Thank you for slipping him in there because now I get to chat about him. And coach, we've got back-to-back top five finishes. We've got back-to-back 54-hole leads. Is this good? Or is like, like the, does that instill confidence to be a back-to-back 54-hole leader, but you failed to close them out? Or are you disappointed because you didn't hoist a trophy on Sunday evening? I, I I have two I have two different answers. I would have told you that uh, after the waste management, it would have hurt him confidence wise as as far as finishing the job. But I think last week that when you watch a Daniel Berger shoot a sixty five, I, I I'm not so sure what Jordan could have done short of shooting a sixty seven to tie him to win that golf tournament. And I thought he was incredibly positive uh, after the round when he said, "This is as confident as I've ever been." Since, you know, in the last three and a half years, of course. So for me, because of doing it the second time, I think that helps him coming into this week. And he's hitting it great. He's putting it great. And I think he, he just needs to realize now, I need to take it into Sunday. And that was never really his issue, is closing out a golf tournament. But now he's got to finish. I think he's going to have a really good week. And if I'm voting, I think it helped him doing it two times in a row and not closing, as opposed to hurting. If he wouldn't have done it at Pebble Beach, I think – he would have some scar tissue from Phoenix, but I don't think that he does. All right. Well, he's going to get a crack at Riviera again this week in a star studded field and gentlemen, it's 2021 and it's looking up new beginnings means new opportunities to grow your business. And if part of your strategy is adding new members to your team, then LinkedIn jobs is the place for you. It finds the right person quickly to make things better. Your first job post is free. Remember, this is an active community of professionals with more than 722 million members members worldwide. That's a lot. And getting started is easier than ever with new features to help you find qualified candidates quickly. Just post a job with targeted screening questions and LinkedIn will quickly get your role in front of the most qualified candidates. Manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view on the familiar LinkedIn.com as functions are streamlined onto one simple screen. And now you can do all of this from your mobile device. Love it no matter where the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. So when your business is ready to make the next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. And now you can post a job absolutely free. Just visit linkedin.com slash first. That's F-I-R-S-T, linkedin.com slash first to post a job for free. Of course, terms and conditions do apply. Gentlemen, Super contest. We got to go through our picks. We got to go through our one and done. And we got to talk about who might win this golf tournament. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. 
CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. And we're back. Our little super contest where we have been keeping track of our betting cards. We've been keeping track of our best bets. We've been keeping track of everything. I shouldn't say we. Producer Jacob keeps track, keeps track of all of this. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable stuff. Uh, we've been doing pretty good, guys. So our best bets uh, are a 30% ROI, which I don't know about you, Coach. Uh, I'd take a 30% on just about anything any day of the week. All day. All day. That's a pretty good number right there for us. I like uh, it. I like it's, it. It certainly is. And we're going to start with Coach's betting card first. And I think uh, Producer Jacob has a little special. Hey, look at this. Wow. little special surprise. Producer wow. Jacob, if you're not watching on YouTube, you are missing out because we've got a brand new graphic here. And Coach, I see uh, three matchups. Yeah. Adam yeah. Scott over Hideki Matsuyama, Cameron Smith over Siwoo Kim, and Patrick Cantlay over Justin Thomas. Let's start with those three but because one of them, the Cantlay over Thomas, is your best bet, and I want to hear why. Uh, because Cantlay has been playing well. The last two tournaments, he's played great. Top five finishes, a second and a, a third. And I just don't think Justin Thomas is dialed in. The last round that we saw him, he was, and I understand that his father passed away uh, and his head wasn't in the right space. Uh, but I think Cantley's just better than Justin Thomas right now. He missed the cut uh, overseas when he went, came back, didn't, pl didn't play all that well, I thought, uh, from Tita Green. And I think you have to drive it incredibly well to play at Riviera. And I don't think he's driving it great. I really don't. So to me, Cantley over Thomas is easy. Uh, Siwoo Kim is on the end of a long run, and I think he falls off when he plays a lot of tournaments in a row. And then you're going to give me plus money with the defending champion over Hideki. I'm taking that all day. Plus I'm money all day. Plus money on the defending champ. You back it up with a Patrick Cantlay top five finish at three and a half to one. You took KH Lee as a top Asian at four uh, plus four fifty. And then look at this: a little a little KP action. You take Jordan Spieth to win at thirty three to one, and you back it up with a Jordan Spieth top twenty. So fair to say you're a believer. I am a believer, and a part of me wants to be able to celebrate more than KP. <laughs> if Smith is able to get the job done. So uh, this is as much about thinking Speed could win as trying to uh, be a bigger part of the show. So uh, unless, unless, unless you have a party boat on like <laughs> docked, docked on Speed Island that I don't know about, there's no chance. There's, there's, be big, there's no chance. All right. Uh, but I do, in all, in all, in all honesty, I think, the last two weeks is not an aberration. Maybe one week would have been, but two weeks in a row is not. And I, I just thought the favorites, the, the odds were too low for me to even worry about it. So why not take a stab at somebody over plus 3,000 instead of a DJ or a Xander or a Rory at plus 11, plus 12? There's no value there. So to me, this was right in the sweet spot. Uh, I, I can just... Can't wait for the day when Jordan Spieth wins and about three dozen bottles of champagne show up at Kyle Porter's doorstep. That will be, I can't wait for that tweet. It's going to be, it's going to be phenomenal. You know what? I just, I just want to see what Kyle's going to be like when Jordan does win. I mean, can you imagine the barrage of Twitter stuff coming out? <laughs> the, the, the first, the first tweet after Jordan Spieth, after the ball hits the cup on the 72nd hole, I've, I, I need that. Just inject whatever that tweet is right in my veins. I can't wait for it. I already know what it's going to be. So, <laughs> he's been planning the winning call. <laughs> oh, he's like Jim Nance. You already have it down. You already have it written yeah. down. It's sitting in the drafts right now. You if anybody, seriously though, you know what the best hour of uh, two hours of of golf Twitter ever was? All time? Not even, it's not even close. What? The last two hours of the 2017 Open. Yeah. When Trying he's to get the number and yeah, off the planet. Greller's running up the hill. He makes the eagle on whatever fifteen. That was that was the because it's like the open's always the best for that kind of stuff, and that was the most compelling event I've ever I've ever watched. Oh, 
Absolutely love it. Um, we're going to switch over to my betting card here, producer Jacob. And I've kind of followed a similar path as coach where I've stayed away from the top of the board. But I do think a lot of the win equity lies with some of the bigger names. So Bryson DeChambeau at 16 to 1 is an outright. Colin Morikawa. 33 to one uh, as an outright and Tony Finau I'm, I'm on board uh, KP with your kind of analysis of this, which is like shoot a 68 on Sunday. Most weeks you get lapped at Riviera. You shoot a 68, 69, 70 on Sunday and you're in contention. You might win this golf tournament. So if there's a place for him to break through, I think this is it. And then I've opted to allocate the majority of my funds into three separate matchups. Adam Scott over Hideki Matsuyama. So coach and I both picking on Hideki a little bit. Uh, same same matchup there. I've gotten... Hi, Kyle. Yes. Well, real quick. Well, do, do all that. I want to ask you a question about the, about the third one. Okay. So Abraham answer is my best bet over Matthew Fitzpatrick. Abraham answer to me is just an absolute grinder. We've seen that since the, the, the 2019 president's cup. He doesn't care what the field is. He doesn't care about what the course he's a, he's going to grind for me for four rounds. And then the one that I think Kyle wants to talk about is, is Rory McElroy in a three ball. This one was Interesting. I stared at this one for a long time, but it's Rory McIlroy in a three ball over John Rahm and Dustin Johnson, which is a little bit scary, but McIlroy's got the longest odds. He's plus 225 KP. Do you like it or do you hate it? Well, I, I, I love Rory at plus 225. I mean, he's like a top 25 player ever, which is it's a <laughs> right. joke to get him. In. The problem is the other two guys might be ahead of him, but the bigger problem for me was if, if you think if you're taking him here, why not just take him at like, 12 to one or whatever he is to win the tournament, because I mean, aren't, aren't Rom and, and DJ going to be in the top, I don't know, five or eight five. anyway. Yeah. I probably should have at least taken McElroy in a top five situation or something like that. Okay. Because yeah, that, that makes sense because you're right. What is the, what is the floor for Rom and DJ at this point? It feels like ninth, right? Like something crazy like that. So yeah, that's, that is probably something I should have backed up with something at longer odds, because if he beats these two, he's probably in contention. That's a very yeah. valid point. Um, I had one other point I wanted to make about this card, but I don't remember what it is. Answer over Fitzpatrick. I'm, I'm, a little, about I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised that Rick, you would let Kyle say anything about your betting card <laughs> after what he turns in every single week. <laughs> we're gonna need. We're gonna what need a couple we, of pages. What are we doing? What are just we wait, listening just wait. to? No, just wait. Just wait. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I can't wait. I am oh always open to constructive criticism and getting better. And I'm now ready for Kyle's betting card. Oh and, my goodness! And it is uh, a sight to behold, gentlemen. Wait until producer Jacob pops this up it is something you've never seen before from kyle porter <laughs> is it one page or two is it did it fit on one page it's a half know. page look at what? this it's what? four bets gee was kyle it were, you, were you short on time <laughs> you were short on time. Uh, i've been i've been involved in some snowball fights and some there's okay. there's been a lot going on here uh, uh yeah, I mean, it's, there's only four KP. Talk us, talk us through. <laughs> yeah, so Xander top twenty. I, I just think we're underrating his consistency right now, and it's not a good number, but I don't, I don't really care just because he's been just lights out, top ten, top ten, top ten. Uh, Adam Scott over Hideki. Scott's just wow. so good here. Uh, wait, did That's we all take that? That's, That's three for three. Three for three. Yeah. yeah. Why didn't I see that one? I, I that jumped. Jump hey, that. that just jumped right off the page. Which guarantees yeah. Hideki wins this thing. Right? For sure. Like, <laughs> we're all 100%. 100%. But if you're going, if you're going, if, like if, if the, the path for Adam Scott or, or the, the reasoning is just horses for courses. There's three of them, right? It's DJ Bubba and, and Adam Scott at Riviera and, and, and maybe Rory a little bit, but that to me just, just um, stuck out. Uh, John Rom over DJ. <sighs> I liked this better than the Rory DJ Rom one because I, I just I didn't want to get two of those guys involved against one. <laughs> that just that feels that feels problematic. So to get the number two player in the world at plus one twenty, even though I don't know, DJ, DJ shot eighty twice in the same tournament last year. Like that could feasibly happen. Um and Rom is obviously always playing well. And then my big one is is uh Hovland over Finau. And Hovland 
I didn't realize this. His finishes, like his last five event, he's got uh, dating back to Mayakoba. He's got four top tens in his last five. If you look back at the last, um, let's see here, I've got it pulled up. The last three months, the top guys from Tita Green on tour: one DJ, two Joaquin Neiman, who I'll talk about in a second, three Rory, and four Victor Hovland, five Patrick Cantlay. Just to just to kind of give some context for the company that he's keeping from Tita Green. So I don't love love the fit with him at Riviera, but he's hitting his irons really well right now, and uh, he played great at Tory. So I'm I'm in on him over Fino. Uh, I'm I'm in on him as well. We'll get to that in a second. So he has 22 cuts made in a row. 19 of them are PGA Tour events. There are two guys on the PGA Tour with longer active cut streaks. Would would we like to take some guesses at these? One one's Rory. Number one, Rory's made 25 in a row. Um, and gosh, one guy left. Yeah, um, it's 20. He is at 21. This this golfer, 21 cuts in a row. Terrell Hatton. What, what? Not enough, not what? enough PGA Tour. No, no Webb's at 13. Uh, Webb is sixth on the okay. list. Okay. Okay. He's uh I'll tell you, he's on he's on Kyle's he's on Kyle's betting cart. We're looking at his John Rom? John Rom? Xander. Xander. Oh Xander. yeah. Xander's at okay. 21. Rom's so Rom's fourth. He's at 16. These guys just they they find a way to get to the weekend. They find a way to cash those checks. You gotta love it. Mr. Immelman. Uh sure. you by the way, hold on. I want to make sure I get this number right. Mark, your season. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Let me make sure I get this right. I had a horrible week last week, by the way. That was oh, I was looking at the wrong number. Disastrous. Oh, I was looking at this. Your best bet, your best bets uh, are the best in the group. 81% ROI since we've been doing best bets. So you are killing it in that category. And we're going to pull up your betting card right now. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm weird that that's true. And I was looking through the stuff and I see my return on all of the bets is like 34 and a half percent as well. And then I'm listening to you guys going, well, I'm hedging my bet with this and the odds just weren't great on this guy. And I'm going, what on earth? I don't know. I don't understand a word you guys are talking. <laughs> I just look at the field. I look at the courts. I look at who's playing well. And then I make picks. And, hey. and don't worry about us, Mark. You're winning the best bets, and you're winning the one and done. Do not listen to yeah. us, please. <laughs> no, I mean, it's what you do is a real art, and and I'm still really green at this sort of stuff. And and like I've been so boring, I've put five bets in every time, so I break the hundred units into five, so it's twenty dollars a go. And and I had the luxury of watching Pat, Patrick Cantlay from the front row seat for thirty six holes last week, and it was so easy looking. And yes, he didn't win, but it was so easy looking. And the guy didn't, he didn't look like he could shoot over 70 ever. And even when he did shoot 70, whatever the final round or the Saturday round was, it should have been better because the speed was just off because of the way the greens were, hadn't been rolled in the morning. So when I see Cantlay going back to a place that suits a ball striker that can move it in both directions like he can, he's from Southern California. Hey, he played college golf just up the road a little bit. Um, so he's familiar with the surrounds there. And I saw the boost there at 18 plus 1800. I was like, hell, I'll take a flutter over here. I think Cantlay <laughs> is, is already one in California. And, 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 and I'm, I think he's, uh, a, another win in waiting right now. Um, as far as the, the, the top South Africans go, I think there's only three of them in the field and Charles is a great ball striker. Uh, Brandon Grace played okay last week, but hasn't been playing very well. And, Dylan Fratelli is stuck in Austin in the snow, so I'm not so sure what he's up to. Um, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is he well, up to? I know, <laughs> pre- I know he's practicing from inside of a – he texted me. He's practicing from inside like a studio. Hmm. Um, so I was like, well, I'll go with Charles. Um, Rory in the top tens, kind of you can set your wristwatch on that sort of a thing, especially around here. And then Adam Hadwin, I've made some bucks with him, so I'm going to keep going yeah. with Hadwin as the top Canadian. And then the one that's j- jumped out to me was Group C with Sergio Garcia. He's plus 400. Um, help me with who's in that group. I have but it. The way the guy's been playing, and Riviera is, sorry, it's Hogan's alley, but it could be Sergio's alley too, because just because of the way he strikes it. And everyone's going to have, Riviera sort of mitigates putting skill to a certain extent because of the slope in the greens and the bumpy Poanea greens late in the afternoon. So everyone's going to miss short putts. So I feel like that sort of, that 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 removes the separator between Sergio and other great ball strikers. So I'm like at plus 400 to win that group. Sign me up. I'm I'm going for that definitely. 
Here is the group. It is group C on William Hill. So Sergio is plus 400. That is who Mark selected. There were others in that group are Scotty Scheffler, Bubba Watson, Cameron Tringale, Will Zalatoris, and Cameron Smith. Again, it's Sergio. Wow. One wow. in group C. Wow. It's, a, it, it's, a, it's a beefy group, and there's some good looking yeah. players in there, and guys that'll jump off the page at you. But Sergio has been sharp looking. He has. Man. And, and, there, and there. He's, he's, he's got a little, he's got a little, spring in the Spanish step a little bit, which I like. There are two guys in that group I'd be very, very, very scared of. Um, read them to me again uh, real quick. Right it here. is... Oh, I got it right she- here. Okay. She- Scheffler, she- Bubba, Tringale, yeah. Zalatoris, Smith. Cameron Smith are the other Sorry, guys. three, three. Bubba, Bubba, always, no matter where, he, when he comes here, he plays well. Scheffler, and then and then the third one too. Uh, I don't know why my brain is not working. Tringali Tringali is a guy that I like a lot this week in head up matchups. He's been playing really really good. Played great last week at Pebble. Um, so I, I like him. He's I think he's under the radar right now. You know, but I'm going to be okay because Candelay is going to win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it. Adam Hadwin is Mark's best bet, the top Canadian at plus 250. So that's the best bet. I want to make I like sure that. I call that out. Um, okay. Gentlemen, I want to turn the page to – actually, before I do that, we have Greg's betting card. It's nine picks. Producer Jacob's going to tweet him out from the first cut account. So if you want to look at, at Greg's betting card, make sure you follow us on Twitter. And I want to turn ahead to the one and done, and I'm pulling up the standings, and we'll work our way up from the bottom as we usually do. So just to recap, Coach, $1.62 million. You are coming off of a week where you chose – Sam Burns, you got your 30,000. You used John Rom before that, Hideki the week before. Again, because you came in late, you have a lot, you got a lot of tools in the tool bag. Where are you headed? I have been, I was foolish last week. I played Cantley and Spieth in a to win, but I didn't use one of those two in my, in my one and done. That's stupid. If you're going to play somebody to win, then clearly you want them in your one and done. So this week I'm doing that. I'm going to take Jordan Spieth as my one and done this week. Because I don't want to, I don't want to risk him losing his game again. I want to get a big check from him when he's playing well. So he's my guy. That might be the first use of Jordan Spieth. I'm, I'm scanning very quickly. I think that is the first use of Jordan Spieth by any of us in the one and done this year. Uh, and it goes goes to Coach. Coach, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There. Producer Jacob at 2.2 million. We move up to KP Kyle Porter at 2.8 million. You're coming off a 13th place finish from Kevin Streelman. You got 456,000 from Tony Finau a couple of weeks ago. We're at Riviera. Where are you going? Well, I I don't know. I always stress about the this pick so much. I I want to I want to take DJ, but then I also want to take him at Kiowa and Augusta and Royal St. George's and you know every place. Can I tell me one of those? <laughs> three of those. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, you know who that I might go with. Three get three penalty boxes and you'll be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we'll get Bruce Jacob to change it to a three and done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might go with uh, Joaquin Neiman. So he used him yet. He okay, goes T two T two in Hawaii, or maybe solo second T two. And he hasn't played since. And the way he hits it, you know, Mark was talking about moving it both ways at Riviera. I, I don't know what his course history. I, I had it pulled up earlier. I don't have it in front of me right now. But it just, I love the way he kind of fits in at a place like Riviera. And I haven't used him yet. So I, I don't know. That's sort of the direction that I'm leaning right now. That makes me next 3.1 million um i'm leaning towards victor hoffman's basically for all the reasons that that kyle mentioned earlier i mean just an absolute ball striker the short game is much improved um i i don't think that you know some of these guys they start making bogeys they start going in the wrong direction things get a little hairy he just smiles and moves on to the next hole which i like and i haven't used him yet and i think that there are probably i think there's 10 or 12 guys in this field that are like those are the cream of the crop. I think Victor Hovland falls into that category as well. So that's where I'm headed. Greg is at 3.7 million. We'll get his pick at some point. And then Mark 4.3 million. You've got a $600,000 lead over Greg and you are coming off of Francesco Molinari and John Rahm in your last two picks. Yeah. Coach, I just want to remind you nine 
weeks until ago, nine tournaments until Augusta National, and 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 apparently you're going to suck me in by the Masters. Just just we'll we'll start the countdown. Only two point seven million behind. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I've got big plans for Hovland. I'll be honest with you. Um, but I'm saving him for concession, I think, because I believe he played in the Division One National Championship there. So. It's a new golf course, and so having a little extra in, inside might be a, a good a good thing down there. Jaco Neiman, same thing. I'm looking down the road for him. Um, and, and Jordan Spieth as well. I, I'm sort of looking at Jordan and thinking the Valero Texas Open the week prior to the Masters, if he goes and plays, might be a good deal because he's played there as well. Um, this week, um, I'm, I've, I normally have two folks I've always got my mind on. Last week, I, wasn't, I was, was sort of that way with Spieth, and I went with the wrong way. But this this week... I, I, I'm really high on Patrick Cantlay right now, but I'm vacillating with with Adam Scott. Um, uh, yeah, Scott is the kind of guy where I could use down the track a little bit. Cantlay is too, but there just seems to be, Coach, you said it, guys playing well, and someone's playing well for a while now. All the events in California, Cantlay has been like a banshee, man. He's been just unshakable. So I'm strongly in the Patrick Cantlay camp right now. Well, I will warn you now, Mark, like uh, like don't that. use him because you used him at the Shriners. I would recommend going another direction this week. That well, was I, diabolical I appreciate right you, Rick. there. You know what? But you're a scholar. You're a gentleman. You paid your bet quickly. Both you and Coach, <laughs> you're high in my estimation, so I appreciate that. So look. It's probably looking like Adam Scott, unless I have a moment of inspiration tomorrow. All right. And I will confirm <laughs> you have not used Adam Scott. He is that was great. That was great. Uh, all right, gentlemen. So we're going to tweet out our cheat sheet. That's going to have our sleepers, our top 10, our pick to win. So make sure you follow us everywhere. Anything else? This was the 25-year anniversary, KP, of Happy Gilmore. I saw a little Happy Gilmore content out there. Adam Sandler can still take the shot. He can still do the Happy Gilmore swing. Some good stuff going on. I'll be interested in Happy Gilmore whenever Bryson does it in a tournament. But until then, um, <laughs> Bryson, he's alluded to it. Not out of the question. The USGA is going to have like their own like Bryson division for the next 20 years where they have to just make up all these rules that, that, that like people can't do because Bryson's trying them. We haven't talked about Bryson at all. If they if they changed the fill rule, you know the Shinnecock fill rule, where he had had enough and he went and hit a moving ball because he figured he'd take the penalty <laughs> over letting the ball roll off the green again. If they, that was do you know if such, changed that? That was not good. That was nonsense. I don't think that rule's been addressed. I really don't. Huh? What's the, the what, what? Well, what's the actual it, rule? He just got penalized uh, too. I think it was. I mean, someone's going to have me on social media right now. But, I right. but I thought I thought it was instant disqualification. But there was just a penalty, and it turns out he would have hit that thing up and down the hill for the rest of the afternoon. So he was like, "Whatever, I'm out." The low key thing about him hitting that moving ball is he almost made that putt. He lipped it out. <laughs> that would have been the greatest accomplishment in golf history if a butt was rolling down the front of the green. He smacks it while it's moving and he makes it. I, that it would have been the greatest shot ever. I just throwing it out there. Yeah, I need to get with one of the rules guys and ask if that rule's been changed because I'm, it's something I'm not entirely sure about right now. Well, the Phil Mickelson section will have a Bryson DeChambeau section. A It'll Patrick be Reed section. A Patrick Reed section. It'll be loads of fun. Gentlemen, that'll do it for the Mega Preview Pod for the Genesis Invitational. Thank you, as always. Producer Jacob, working hard on the Mega Pod. Yeah. Thank you very much. The Coach, who you can follow on Twitter at the Coach Rules. That's Mark Immelman, who you can find at Mark underscore Immelman. That's Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Thank <laughs> you.